0: Welcome to Catch a Cryptid. I'm Matt.
1: And I'm Jen.
0: And we're going to talk about the paranormal. Because we started early, right? Like, when did you first get into, like, when do, when were you introduced to the paranormal?
1: I was really young. Um, am I starting with ghosts first or, like, aliens?
0: Whatever, whatever you experience first, for sure like what opened your eyes to the other side
1: I think first it was probably ghosts living up in the projects on a lonely hill <laughs> um that was rumored to be built on um native american burial grounds
0: Was that Covington?
1: Yeah, in Covington, Kentucky okay. for anyone who's interested. Um place used to it's closed now but it used to be called um, City Heights. I think that was what. I can't, it's been a while, um, but they were very old buildings, um, and a lot of really creepy stuff went down there from when I was from when I was really young. Um, so, so, like,
0: how old were you about when you were between the it? ages
1: of six to nine? Okay, like I. That was the, that was where I first began experiencing, um, night terrors. Oh. Where, you know, you, like, I don't know. I guess it's where you're asleep, but you, it's like you're awake, like you can see your surroundings like perfectly, but there's like extra things there. Extra. Um, but I remember, you know, still to this day, I have nightmares about that place, um, like poltergeist kind of nightmares. Wow. Um, like, I remember the night where things just kind of came to, like, a head. It was me, my cousin Renee, my mom, and I think um, my best friend at the time. And we were all kind of... Pushed to my mom's room because everything happening in my room, all the, like, scary ghost things, like, um, some of my artwork was, like, thrown off the walls,
0: the TV would come on and off by itself. And this was, like, an old school TV, this wasn't a Yeah, this was, like,
1: your knob and tube TV from the 80s.
0: So, with your TV... Did you have a remote back then? Was it like no, you had to go to no, the TV to no, turn? No, yeah, off? you
1: had to like go up
0: to it, pull
1: the knob, turn it to like go to like your channels, and push it to turn it back
0: off. Yeah, I had those too. I had the same experience too, with one, the coming on and off and changing channels and showing whatever the hell it wanted to show. Um, yeah. Before we continue, I'd like to apologize for all the background noise. <laughs> We're totally sitting on our couch in our living room and the dog is rolling around on her back growling like they do like they do and our cat I think is in the kitchen smashing his food or the other one's playing you
1: know normal household sounds right creaking groaning moaning which you know is very oh. apropos apropos is it
0: apropos? apropos yes
1: apropos for you know the kind of channel that you're listening to right. you like creepy groaning moaning sounds you're, you know, in the right place.
0: Yeah. So okay, so you started off there with pictures flying off your walls, your TV. Um, so everybody you said moved into your mom's room? Yeah. Um I think my
1: cousin had been downstairs at the time. She was chased up the stairs. My mom had us all like in her room. We were sitting on her bed.
0: What well, do you mean she was chased up the stairs? It's
1: like she was chased up the stairs by something. I don't know if it was a feeling that she had, but no sooner had we all culminated in my mother's room, like she locked the door. I don't remember if she pushed anything against the door, but there were some violent things going on around the around the place. It was like a um um like a townhouse kind of style apartment yeah with like an upstairs and downstairs
0: okay
1: so we're sitting on my mom's bed and we're just dead quiet at no no pun intended yeah. um and you could hear things in my room which was right next to hers like falling and then all of a sudden from downstairs you could hear like Dishes rattling around, um, glasses in the dish drainer, pots and pans, and it, it felt like an eternity for it to be going on, but it didn't really last too long, but I will never forget that day.
0: Wow. So that was like an incident.
1: That was an incident.
0: Holy crap.
1: Yeah, and this was after um, her old man had passed away, too, so I don't know. And he had a very wicked sense of humor, but I don't think that he would have done the things. No. Like, I don't think he was haunting us. I never really felt his presence after he had passed
0: away. Wow. So when now you said you felt his presence or you didn't feel his presence, do you remember the first time you felt a presence? Was it in that place?
1: No. Um I don't know the first place that I truly felt anything was when we had moved um to another apartment into another area of Covington and this place had a malevolent feeling to it. Ugh. I lived in the very front bedroom that overlooked the street. Um no, so that was also like at upstairs? the end of, yes, it it was an upstairs apartment. Oh okay. Um, like I'm sorry, it just like free. I, just, I still have nightmares about this place too. But my, it, my room was at the end of a long hallway mm. overlooking the street, and I it's like you could feel the house breathing.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've been there. Wow.
1: There was also an incident there.
0: What was the, uh, how old were you then? You said it was Um, after you moved.
1: 12 to 15, I think.
0: Okay. So you're a little older. A little older. Yeah. So definitely, I think.
1: A little more understanding of what was going on.
0: Yes. That's where I was headed with that.
1: Yeah. Okay. So what was the incident there? It was just my mom and I at the apartment one day and I had like a remote control car she and I were sitting in the living room. Um, the remote control car had absolutely no bad. I had actually, I think, lost the remote to it. So it was just the car in the closet, in the living room closet where we were. And she and I were sitting there watching TV. I think we were watching soaps, you know, like you do. All right.
0: Um,
1: And we heard this like mechanical kind of whirring noise, like a revving kind of. And she paused, she muted the TV and we opened the, like, she and I just kind of sat there and looked at each other. Like, are we really, are we really hearing this? <laughs> right. Um, okay, so she, we stood up, we walked to the little closet and the remote control car was, It there was like a little ledge keeping it from going over the shelf. Oh. Mm. And it was like
0: driving into I know you, the ledge. Uh,
1: listeners, you can't see what I'm doing, but it's like it's like if you're behind the wheel of your car and you're like revving your engine at a stoplight, like eager mm-hmm. to go. And that's what this little remote control car was doing. And my mom, you know, finally got the nerve to like pick it up. That thing had no batteries in it.
0: Holy shit! That's wild. Wow. Like,
1: uh, So, yeah, paranormal hauntings, I experienced those from a young
0: age. Yeah. How old were you? Um, so my... Now, I don't know if this house had anything to do with my parents getting divorced, but it had a history of doing that and causing that in relationships.
1: I was just about to say, doesn't, isn't that like a theme... Yeah, with like children going through a traumatic experience, like a divorce.
0: Yeah, and where there's, they start experiencing there's, there's attribution to poltergeists that way.
1: Yeah, with like
0: uh, usually it's young girls. Girls.
1: Yeah, having I, trauma. I mean, yeah, well, we're very lucky that we. don't... <laughs> I don't have a poltergeist. That's a story for another day. Yes, as you were.
0: So, um, my mom and dad were having marital issues. I was 7 and my mom told him that we could be a family again if he was to buy us a house so I could have a yard to play in. Because up to that point we had lived in a mobile home in a retirement community, like a 55 and up community. And I don't know how we got in there because kids weren't allowed to live there. Right,
1: because old people hate kids.
0: And they did. Well, actually, our neighbors were great. But the lady who was like the park manager, she hated me. And she was a real... It's a
1: wonder she let your parents live there. It is, yeah.
0: So um, we left when I was seven. We bought this house. And then, like, right after we moved in... um, my mom and dad finally went through with the divorce after that's such a
1: crazy i'm sorry we can be a family again but only if you buy us a house and then i'm gonna divorce you right like well your mom never made much sense anyway
0: no anyways right so yeah it was was really kind of messed up but my dad didn't care because i mean at this point he was he would have been 37 And she would have been, like, 32. So he was happy to be buying a house again, because I think he had had one, like, before I was born with his first wife. And so he was proud of that house, even though the marriage ended. It had been ending for, like, a couple of years already. So... It's probably a relief. It probably was. But... I'm remembering now, the divorce was ugly, but there was an incident where, at this point, my mom was living in, or not living, but she was sleeping in the small third bedroom on a cot, and my dad had started seeing this other lady, and for some reason, my dad got this dog from this chick that he was dating. I just remember like one day my my dad was at work, I think. And my mom and I were out and we stopped at this place Empress Chili for lunch. Okay. And then we went to we went home and we had like I said we just moved in and the house was destroyed.
1: What like the dog had destroyed
0: it? That's or? what we thought because and I still don't know. Maybe the dog did. Because the dog was kind of wild. But how long had you guys been gone? Do you remember? I don't remember. No, okay. we could have been gone all day. I don't know, but my mom was pissed. So we went back up to Empress Chili and she used the payphone to call my dad. I think at work and she like cussed him out. And I think that's the first time I ever heard her say the F word. And she's like, well, we're not coming home until you clean up the mess And we're going to stay at my mom's. So we went to my grandma's house and I'm assuming my dad went home and cleaned up the whole house. But it was, I mean, it was like, there was just, there was stuff everywhere. And it is possible the dog did it. I don't know, but we didn't have that dog long. (laughs) So Lucky dog. Yeah. So then like my mom moved out, got her own place. They got divorced. And then my dad had actually met who would become my stepmom because she was friends with the chick he had been talking to who had the dog, and they did, they ended up not working out. So he met who would become my stepmom, and then her and her three daughters moved into a three bedroom ranch house with no basement like it was a slab house, there was no room for six people in a three-bedroom, and I had my own room. Wow. So my dad and my stepmom had their room, and then three stepsisters had to... Cram into... No, and they didn't. I mean, they kind of shared that small third bedroom, but there were, for most of the time we were there, we were there six years together. The, The living room, we always had a pull-out bed, and then we had an attic that we kept nothing in, ever. And every now and then somebody would be like, Hey, I'm going to move my bedroom up to the attic. And they would be up there for like a week. And then that was it. I just watched something that, uh, there was a video about the conjuring, the actual event. It said that things started off harmless and almost to like where they didn't really notice the, the stuff like little things would be moved or whatever. So it almost seemed like every day something little would happen, but it it took a little while for somebody to start, like, something isn't right, you know. And then back then, we were a family. We went out all the time on day trips to parks and like, you know, we never really had a lot of money, but we didn't need money to have fun. One day we were in the drive, like all of us piled into the car in the driveway. And I I distinctly remember this, like my dad would be standing at the front door. That's all we had. We didn't have like a, a screen door. I don't think at that time. But he would be standing at the door locking it, and we would see him, like, check the knob and everything. And then he would get in the car, and we would back out the driveway, and the, the front door would be open. Shut up. Like, wide open.
1: You have never told me that one. Really? Yeah.
0: He, we'd be like, hey, Dad, Dad. And he would pull back in the driveway, and he would get out, and we would all watch him go shut the door and lock it, get back in the car. And we start to pull away, and the door would be open again. So... No, thank you. Right. So then, I mean, it was like we instantly knew. Like, there's no way that could have happened. Why? Especially twice. Right. And so that was my introduction to the paranormal. But as far as actually experiencing something, My dad had kind of always told me about his ghost stories when I was growing up because he's got a billion of them. And I think he's honestly like a paranormal magnet.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say like a conductor. He is
0: a conductor, yes. And I think in a way I got that from him. But um, so it got to the point where like this happened all the time. Like every weekend during the summer we were going out. And it happened almost every time we left the house as a family. That's crazy. So we got to the point where my dad was like, you know what? I'm not going to deal with it. Like, we would come back from our trips and the door would be shut and locked. And so he was just like, well, if it's going to be locked when we come back, like, whatever. So he he stopped getting out to fix the door and we would just leave and leave the door open. (laughs) And... Uh. Uh, A couple times we came home and the refrigerator, the doors, the refrigerator and the freezer doors were open and all of the contents from inside the fridge and freezer were out and they were all over the kitchen from the ceiling, the walls, the floor, all the like the milk and the, the, all the soda we had and all the, just everything, the condiments, it was terrible. And we had, there were six people in our family. We always had a full fridge Man. full of food. So I remember that day, it took uh, the parents like two, three hours to clean up the kitchen. And we had to go to the store and buy all new groceries. Jeez. Yeah. So things there. Was well, that Catalpa? Yeah. So things there uh, continued to get worse and continue to get worse. And my stepmom started running around on my dad and, um, my stepsister started like not caring about school. And I was the only one, I mean, my dad was going to work. He worked as a garbage man. So he was getting up at like three and four in the morning to go to work and he would be done by like nine in the morning and he would come home and go to bed. I was getting myself up in the mornings to go to school and getting dressed and going to school. And I would come home and do my homework first thing. I was putting myself to bed at night. Like I basically raised myself from nine or 10 until we left there finally when I was 14 and we left, that would have been 1994. Wow. And by the time we left, it was so bad there. Like I could... Talk all oh
1: and we will be we'll be canvassing many more stories about Catalpa in the future.
0: Oh my god. Uh so that's how I started I got into that. And I think in that house, if this is to be believed, and I have another story that kind of ties into this for another time, but it's a Ouija board story and Ouija. Ouija. I'm from Cincinnati that i'm also i say well a, eg no
1: anyways
0: yeah um my one sister uh this was during like when they were pretty much doing whatever they wanted they were staying up all night with all the lights on in the house eating up all the food and like not going to school in the morning because they had stayed up all night and they were flunking everything and my dad couldn't do anything about it, really, because he was always sleeping because he worked so hard to keep all the bills paid. But he was always yelling and bitching about it, like, you know, can y'all turn the lights off and go to bed? And one night, my sister Tracy had uh, some friends over in her room in that little uh, tiny bedroom. I think it was hers at that point, And they were on the Ouija board. And they apparently found out that there were six spirits in the house and they hated all of us and they hated each other. Oh my God. They were always quarreling with each other and us. Um, But I mean, from just the whole gamut of what could go wrong in a haunted house, my dad once was pulled off the bed With all the blankets and sheets on him, it all came off the bed by his ankle. And he jumped up and he was completely alone in that house that night. He ran around the house looking for somebody. I mean...
1: This house would have been the perfect case for Ed and Lorraine Warren.
0: Yeah. I actually talked to, a couple years ago, I talked to a paranormal show... I talked to, I'm not sure if it was uh, a producer or who, but he was in England or over in the UK somewhere. And uh, he called me and kind of interviewed me about it because, you know, they would like One ha- of
1: those like reenactment
0: kind of shows. Yeah, they would have somebody telling what happened and then they'd show the reenactment and he was all into it and wanted to do an episode on our house but he wanted more than just me talking about what happened and nobody else would do it. Lame. Totally lame.
1: Well, so that's kind of like our introduction to the haunting kind of
0: paranormal. Yeah. When, let's talk about UFOs for a minute.
1: I distinctly remember seeing a UFO when I was like eight or nine.
0: Okay. And you were then in that Covington townhouse back to
1: the projects on that lonely hill and it was a big hill that's why we called it the hill
0: like
1: all the time you
0: know that what's hysterical is i grew up in north college hill in cincinnati and that was its nickname was the The Hill. hill yeah that's funny yeah
1: so this was like a really big hill and you could see the stars pretty well even though it was like smack dab in the middle of the city so, my friends and I were walking up to, because it had its own, like, little corner store. Mm-hmm. um And it's after dark. Stars are out. And we just happened to stop and looked up. And I swear to God, I saw this, like, pinpoint of light do, like, a triangle movement. And then it took... It took off. Wow. I, yeah. So that was my first experience with like, what do they call it? The fifth
0: kind or sixth kind? Oh, (laughs) well, it's, uh, I'm not well versed in the kinds, but it's like, isn't
1: the sixth kind,
0: like when you're
1: meeting the alien, I
0: don't think there is a sixth kind. I think it's like three or four. Because the third kind, obviously, is close encounters of the third kind.
1: Oh, that's right. That's and that's
0: right. when they actually like make
1: contact with and you. they
0: got on the ship and took off.
1: Okay, so mine was just basically the first kind.
0: I'm guessing a, that's how that works. A not yeah. so
1: close encounter of the first kind. Not
0: so close. Now, have have you seen any other since then?
1: Um, probably. I can't remember right now. I've probably. I feel like I have, but I can't think of them at the moment. Okay. But that cemented for me, even though like eight, nine years old, I know what I saw.
0: Right. Sure. Yeah.
1: Like, you can't tell me otherwise.
0: (laughs) It was a weather balloon because they move like that in the sky, zigzagging and take off.
1: (laughs) It was, it was, it
0: was a sewer gas. Is
1: that what it was? That wasn't, that would not surprise me.
0: (laughs) <laughs> on the hill. So when I was a kid, like I said before, my dad was always telling me his stories about ghosts and stuff and UFOs. And so I was so determined, I was like five, so determined to see a UFO that I would look up in the sky with him and see a plane and be like, that's a UFO! And he'd be like, Yeah, okay. <laughs> and um but my actual first UFO, now I should also say that one of the times what my dad saw UFO was out in this area where we're living now, and he had me with him. He said I was like two or three years old in the back seat in my my child seat, and we were driving up this country road out by Houston Woods, and he was going to see a friend of his, took me along with him, and all of a sudden the car died. Like, I I don't obviously remember this, but he's told me over the years many times. He said the car died on this country road. Nothing but, like, fields and stuff around him. He said the wind picked up real bad. It was broad daylight, too. He said the wind picked up real bad. Um, The corn in the fields was, like, blowing like crazy. Trees were blowing around real bad. And so then, like, I can't remember what else he said, but eventually it stopped. He got out of the car and got me, and we and we walked up the road to this farmhouse because he saw this farmer outside. Oh, no. Right? And so.
1: This sounds like a horror movie waiting to happen.
0: Yeah. So my dad was like, uh, you know, our car, my car just died down the road. And he was like, um, yeah, I'll give you a jump. So, he was like, I just bought this new pickup, blah, blah, blah. They went to go start it, and it wouldn't start. And he's like, this is a brand new, I just bought this, brand new, and it wouldn't start. So, eventually, everything just started. Like, it just worked. And apparently, we went to his buddy's house, and his buddy was like, yeah, everything in the house went off. The wind was crazy. So, like, apparently... That may have been a UFO, but I don't think anybody actually saw one, but my very first one was out by Houston woods. Um, it was my sophomore year at band camp. It was our first year at that camp that is actually not connected to Houston woods, but it butts up against it. And that year, there was a lot of activity in the sky that whole week. We were out there. Everybody Mm -hmm. was seeing stuff and, um, one night I was walking through the campground, whatever it is, and I something caught my eye and I looked and that camp sits on this very narrow back country road and it's surrounded by farmland. Up the road from there is nothing but farm and country. And that's where I saw this light. And it was—it looked like it was maybe, maybe a half a mile up the road. It was very close. But it looked like it was just maybe 50, 60 feet up in the air. And it was slowly moving to the left. Just this light. Slowly moving to the left. And I stopped walking and I was staring at it because of, of how close it was to the ground and how low it was. And I heard nothing. All of a sudden it stopped. A a, a spotlight came out of it. Like, I would not... This
1: is like the classic, like, UFO kind of movie experience. I
0: know. It's crazy.
1: Did a cow, like, get levitated (laughs) through the
0: beam of light? That I did not see. I did not see. But I still, to this day, I think about how absolutely ridiculous it is. And I'm like, there's no way I actually saw this light have a spotlight shine down on the ground, and it didn't move around. It was like it shined down on the ground for a couple seconds, then it went away. The light that was hovering there then started going to the right really slow, just as slow as it had been going to the left, and then it was gone.
1: Well, it's not as crazy as what I just remembered. What? Or unbelievable. Do tell. So let's talk about the fact that I have these two incision scars on my arm.
0: I was wondering if you were gonna bring those up.
1: Yeah, I just remembered. Yeah. So um from a very young age, and the the only, only surgery that I had been through in my childhood was getting my tonsils removed. But I have these two like half-inch incision marks. On the inside of my forearm.
0: Yep, yep.
1: There and there. About an inch apart from each other. Now, I did break my arm as a child, but it did not require surgery or being set with metal and screws.
0: What was that arm, though?
1: I'll have to look at the picture. I was really young. I was like three.
0: Oh, uh, so you don't really remember? I don't really remember. Okay.
1: But I, no, no surgery was required for it. Didn't need to be set with screws or anything. And what about the fact that everybody else in my family has a million children, but I've never been able to have children. I am 99.9% positive <laughs> that I experienced mm-hmm. a close encounter of the 10th kind.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that's, that's funny. You so. have incisions. You've had, you have been extraterrestrial surgery, done and now you have some kind of implants that, this is all probably the matrix anyway, <laughs> and you're just a program now. Wow. Um, yeah, I, literally,
1: everybody else in my family has like a million children. I've never been able to conceive, like... I I don't know. That's a pretty strong case for potential abduction to me
0: and experiments on. <laughs> you know, I kind of wonder now. That would explain so much. Right. If, if the parent, if not the paranormal, but if ghosts are ever like, if, if, there, if somebody actually captures pr- actual undeniable proof of ghosts, once and for all, if that ever happens, which I don't think it ever could happen, um, do you think that it could be used in court against parents who willingly allow their children to live in a haunted house and it like messes them up psychologically or <laughs> maybe physically? In some way, and they could be like, you knew that house was haunted, but you didn't move your children out of it. And then the parents go to jail, and, you know. Sure. Okay, good. I'm glad you went with that. (laughs) So. So, um, we will, of course, talk about this later, but you've lived in quite a few haunted homes over the years. You and I have lived in a couple ourselves. And luckily, this one isn't. Um, Uh What? I don't know about that. Why? Uh, um, Let's talk
1: about the fact that all of my casserole dishes have gone missing. Let's talk about the fact that we've had things where we know we have laid them, and then they're just gone.
0: Yeah, we had that issue a lot at the last place we lived. And it
1: followed us.
0: And maybe, maybe...
1: So if you want to hear us talk more about that, make sure you tune back in when we post our next
0: episode. episode yeah, we're going to probably do this maybe once a week for now. And um, but but there is uh, I have a blog where I have put all of my stories that I could possibly think of. Yeah, uh, all about the paranormal on CincinnatiGhosts.wordpress.com and. We have an email for this show to catch a cryptid at com. We would love to talk about the paranormal with anybody. And uh, I don't know, maybe yeah.
1: if you have a story that you would like us to, you know, talk about or, you know, yeah. discuss.
0: And maybe we could even have guests who want to talk makers. about. Yeah. Um, th- that's all for the future.
1: Of course. This
0: is episode one.
1: This is all you're getting for now.
0: This is it. Um, (laughs)
1: You know, and if you want to see or hear more of us in the meantime, um, definitely check our social media out. Um, Currently, we're pretty much only on Twitter at this point. But, I mean, that's kind of like the place to be. (laughs) We'll we'll probably make a Twitter page for it so we can keep touch with our all one fan. Yeah. Yeah each other
0: probably each other yeah we're, we're just gonna retweet each other's posts all the time so, so yeah, yeah check there us is. out on twitter and of course well when we get the address it'll be at hopefully to catch a cryptid or to catch a cryptid podcast if anyway we'll figure it out uh thanks for tuning in and until next time stay
1: creepy ooh.